Thank you for joining us. This is another 11th Ward podcast, and we are interviewing and here with Becky Jackman. Becky, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Yes. Happy to be here. Awesome. Well, you didn't have much of a choice because Brett said you were going to be part of the podcast. Well, it worked okay. It's okay. And then get three podcasts in one evening. So that That is okay. fortuitous for me. So now I'll be lined up for a few weeks, a few less interviews that I got to line up. So, uh, Well, tell me about yourself. Where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Ogden, Utah. Uh, lived there most of my life, went to college, graduated there. Um, and then uh, my husband and I lived there, my first husband and I lived there for a few years, maybe about eight years. And then he got a job offer in uh, Boise with Micron, MPC, actually. He did tech support. So we moved up there and we lived in a little apartment on the Boise bench for for probably about two years and then built our home out in CUNA and then lived out there for a lot of years before we moved here to Caldwell so got it so Um, familiar with the area but not but the little area still a little bit learning things but not it's not too bad pretty familiar so got it just another little farm town outside of Boise right yeah we kind of love it actually we really love it it's way better than CUNA that's for sure oh my gosh well CUNA's too crowded (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Too many people now. <laughs> well, we're, we're hopefully we're not getting t- getting too close, but uh, I I think Cobble still has a small town feel. Yeah. Absolutely. In a way. So, uh, growing up in Ogden, what was that like? Did you go to uh, Ogden High School? Um, Bonneville, which is Bonneville. actually in South Ogden. Okay. Um, and um, kind of up in Washington Terrace, which is the south end of Ogden. Uh, and yeah, just. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure growing up, Ogden was kind of like Cuna and Caldwell. It was a farm town, right? There was a uh, lot of... Yeah, a little bit. Kind of Ogden, downtown Ogden was not... They've actually done a, re, a lot of redevelopment, rejuvenation in the downtown area. So it's probably scarier then than it is now. Or it's nice now. But um, but yeah, so we... But we lived in the south end a little bit further down out. And um, yeah, I just remember a lot of... Uh, so I, I, I was a little bit of a tomboy when I was growing up. I kind of thought Barbies were stupid. Um, uh, sorry for whoever loved Barbies. <laughs> <laughs> I would kind of put the clothes on them and get them dressed. And then I was like, "What? okay, now what? Okay, bye. I'm going to go out and ride my bike and climb the tree. And I don't know what else I did. But uh, play with. I did like adventure people, though. Like, And they we had a pool, one of those metal. It had a metal edge. And then it had like a rubber inlet, like. Thing that laid on the inside so that pool was up it was probably about a foot and a half probably a little pool that was out on our driveway most of the summer probably so there are these little action figures called adventure people and they were cool they were like paramedics and like (laughs) that was your jam huh kind of yeah playing with those toys yeah i did have a barbie one time called dairy daring and she rode a motorcycle (laughs) so that was like (laughs) it's kind of a barbie i don't know anyway but yeah, so good good times growing up. I just remember we used to, I loved summertime, and just uh, we would play hide and seek up and down the street um, as it would get darker, and just safe, awesome neighborhood, and all the kids kind of play together, and like uh, yeah, long summer days, good memories. Okay. I think um, good school system over there, um, great elementary teachers, a lot of teachers that really touched my life. Um, uh, significant people that I remember steal their names and mm-hmm. my experiences with them to this day 
and a great experience in middle school and then um, high school same thing um, did you do any sports or clubs in high school or? um yeah i was kind of a nerdy debater um i i, I kind of hung out with the kids who thought they should build their college resume for by doing being the president of every nerdy club that ever existed Got it. so um so like key club and i was um that was actually when i started journalism which is um, part of my dual major in college was um, journalism and public relations. And so um, I I was the yearbook editor and then the newspaper, worked on the newspaper in high school. And then also in college, I was on newspaper staff uh, at Weber State. And so I did a, quite a bit of writing. And it's funny if you ask me what skill I've used the most throughout my life that I learned in college or through school is probably writing that or those communication skills. Um, that's probably what I use the most. So, um, so it was really kind of a cool thing. I like to write and I, um, yeah, and I like to talk apparently, obviously. <laughs> so coming out of college, uh, did that lead to a professional career that you got into? Um, yeah. Um, so I was married um, by that time, we had, when I graduated, I had two daughters, and I kind of started, I'd done some internships in public relations when I was in college, and I did a lot of, I worked for the Forest Service, and I worked for, uh, in the regional office there, and I worked for the Ogden City Mall, um, but I actually started a job doing, ironically, um, uh, kind of a teaching job. Um, at the Child Abuse Prevention Center. So we used to do programs to teach kids how to be safe and what to do if something bad was happening to them and okay. whatever. So I started, that was my first job out of college. Um, I actually went to my interview. The first time they interviewed me, they didn't hire me. And then they called me back probably three months later and said, are you still available? And at that time, it was good timing because I just barely had a baby. My third... And I was ready to, you know, have a part-time job and it was fine. But it was like, literally, they called me probably three days after I'd had Amanda. And so, so I was just like, okay, here I am. They're like, did you just have a baby? I'm like, yeah, everything's good. We're fine. I probably look a little tired, but things you are good. You got right into it. Oh, my gosh. So, but anyway, so yeah. So I've done a lot of um, nonprofit um, educational programs, this child mm -hmm. abuse prevention program. I did a civic education program here, and I also worked for the uh, court-appointed special advocate program, the CASA program, guardian ad litem for abuse kids. When I first got to Boise, that was my first job here, I believe. I worked for the Idaho State Bar. Um, and then I had a friend who called me and said, um, are you interested in being an administrator for a hospice? And I was like, I don't really do death, and no, I'm not really interested. And so, um, but, but there was something to that because uh, fast forward a year or two and I'd had some experiences in my life and we had a very close friend who lost her husband who was our age. Uh, he was killed in a motorcycle accident. And then my sister lost a baby. Um, and so it was like when they reapproached me about getting into healthcare and working in hospice, I was kind of at a different place because I'd had these experiences where... Um, just kind of amazing experiences with end of life and with um, just really being there at 
pivotal times for people, you know, when they were struggling or whatever. And so, so it's kind of a different place. So my first healthcare job was as a volunteer coordinator for a hospice. And then I somehow ended up in marketing. Um, with the same company? With that same company. Okay. Yeah, I started in a hospice and then I marketed hospice and home health. And then more recently, um, assisted living. So I, I tease my everybody that I got my job in assisted living because I used to market and go to events at the assisted living building. So I'd go help them with their events. So I'm like, well, I did dishes there. So they gave me a job. You know, they were like, oh, we know she can work. So... <laughs> They either knew you worked really hard or they took pity on you. One or the other. Yeah, I don't know. Probably. I just, Mark, it's funny, our owner will still see pictures from a long time ago when I was just a volunteer. And he's like, Becky, you didn't work for us then. And I'm like, well, I was not paid to work for you then. <laughs> but I promise I worked for you. <laughs> nice. That's funny. So. And you've been doing that ever since? Yeah. How many years have you been doing that now? Um, the cottages, um, assisted living, probably about seven Oh, no, four at the cottages, but healthcare marketing probably for about 20. Okay. So for a while. Got it. And uh, you said, and you have how many kids? Um, we have 11, Brett and I together. T together, right? Okay. Yeah, I have five of my own. And then yeah. um, when we got married, uh, we have 11 all together. All so, right. Yeah. Now, Brett didn't really go into details about how the two of you met. Maybe you could share a little bit about that event and how that came to pass. <laughs> okay, so don't judge us, but we did meet online. <laughs> um, and he was super cute. It was like the best pickup line ever. He was like, you ski and hike and camp and all the stuff, the outdoor stuff that he loved. You sound amazing. I'd love to meet you. So we uh, actually met at the, um, oh, what's the restaurant that's, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm forgetting. In Cuna? No, it's out here oh. in Caldwell. We met in Caldwell. Oh, you met in the Caldwell. The one that's just on the side of the freeway, uh, Middleton Road. Is it Middleton Road? No, 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 it's the next one over. Anyway, we met at a little place out by, um, in Caldwell. Our first date we met for breakfast and he was on his way to go... Um, to Twin Falls because, or Burley or something, his kids had broken down. Mm. So he was going down to save them. So we met for breakfast. And, um, and I, I thought, wow, he is just a really, really, really nice guy. And I'm just not that interested. Mm. But he is just such a nice guy. And, um, and then our second date, we went skiing, and I don't ski well. He skis really well. Okay. And um, so he was very patient, which was also a good reflection on him, that he was patient when I was falling down a lot. Um, so that was kind of fun. And then our third day, at that time, I was training for an ultra a race. Um, and so for our third date, we ran all night with a friend that was training it's a long story. So, so, so Brett just ran with you or did he take the car or no, the vehicle? No, he was running too. He's a runner. Okay. Both of us were better runners then than we are now. We still barely run. But, but um, so I was training for this big long race. We had a friend, a mutual friend who was training for a hundred miler. Mm. And so I had signed up for that race just so I could support her before her halfway point. Because I knew she would need somebody to run with her. 
So I signed up for the 12 hour night and I love to run at night. I'm just really strange, but it's, I, I just love it. So anyway, so to train for that race, we ran from like nine or 10 o'clock at night until six or seven the next morning. And I think we, that was um, the first ultra distance I ran. I think it was 30, mm, 30 or 31 miles. I don't remember. It, a distance a human probably shouldn't run. Well, it right? was like run walk. I mean, <laughs> okay. we, weren't, like, we didn't run hard the whole time. We Got would it. be dead. Like we're not that good, but yeah. But, um, but we did that and that was our third day. And by then I was like, okay, well. Maybe there's some possibility. So here. his persistence paid off. His persistence paid off. Got it. His persistence paid off a lot. Like throughout the next <laughs> few months, his persistence really paid off. So, um, so yeah, that's how we met, and we really shared love about the outdoors and camping and hiking and backpacking and. And he was in Legrand at this point, still yeah, right. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, he drove a lot. <laughs> He drove a lot, and I drove sometimes too, and um, at the time, it was a weird situation, so my ex-husband didn't have a place to live, and so I would leave every other week so that he could um, come and stay with, spend some time with the kids, so they were kind of working out that thing, and so um, I'd go and hang out and look around with Brett sometimes, and um, and that worked out, that worked out well for us, and um yeah, I don't know. And the rest is history. So we got married um, and then uh, sealed a year later. And, and where, where were you guys married sealed? Here in CUNA or, um, or we, in Boise? We got married in McCall. Oh, okay. Um, at Ponderosa Park. And um, it was wonderful. I mean, the best wedding that you could have that's on the temple. It was beautiful and wonderful. And, and we... Uh, we're waiting for clearance and just knew it would be some time and so um, so that we could be sealed and so uh, so anyway so we went ahead and got married and then um, on our about our first anniversary right around our first anniversary it was right after COVID and they had just barely opened up the opportunity for live um, ordinances again mm -hmm. for personal ordinances so and it was right before our, our son was supposed to leave on his mission so he got endowed, and then he was able to come with us to the temple oh, so we, cool. when we were sealed. So it was kind of a cool experience for us. That's for awesome. Able to be there and, and the kids that could be there. It was awesome. Well, um, let's segue into some of the more spiritual uh, parts of your life. What would you say some life experiences you've had helped you trust, trust in God, know that He exists? Um, that's kind of a... I don't know, like, I've just always believed in him and known that he was there. And, like, no matter if I made mistakes or whatever, then I always knew, I never doubted that God was there and that he had the power to to affect my life and to, you know, do miracles. And it was just never a doubt for me. Um, I just don't remember. I actually have looked back at journals from when I was probably... I don't know, maybe 11 or 12 or even a little bit younger. And I was like, oh my goodness, I had amazing faith even then. And I don't know where that came from. I mean, I do. I have got good parents who mm -hmm. taught me good things. Um, but I, I don't know. I just don't remember ever not believing. Hmm. And um, and it that's borne out through my life. There's been a lot of experiences where I 
especially when things were hard, it seems like it's almost easier for me to believe when things are really hard because I see Heavenly Father's hand um, in in my life and 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 always before a big spiritual thing, um, things get really hard. So right before Brett and I were supposed to get sealed, he crashed on his motorcycle um, on the freeway and it was just like all this opposition and I'm like, okay, and we were kind of like cranky with each other, you know, because it's like Satan's working so hard on you because he knows you're going to be going someplace good. And so the time I was like, okay, like we really want to do this, right? <laughs> we were both struggling <laughs> so much, but it, but I really believe that, like that when something good is going to happen, then Satan works really hard. And, and the Heavenly Father, when we turn to him, then he helps us. And, make, and makes things better for us, so helps us get through. And, and then we look back and we see all the growth. And so, um, yeah, so that's happened many, many times in my life. So maybe a better question for you is, are there some experiences that have tried your faith that have helped bring you closer to God, knowing that He exists? And that's not, never really been something that you've questioned, but is there something that's happened that has helped bring you closer to Him? Um, I don't know. That's kind of like, I feel like my, what my whole life is about. I'm trying to think of a, a, an experience, but, um, every time, I don't know, there's, uh, my ex-husband, uh, one time, uh, just spontaneously started coughing up blood and, um, we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know if he had lung cancer. We didn't know. And it was related to an old surgery and he had to have surgery again, but it was kind of scary but through all that time, I just felt so much peace and like so much. And, and it's that way when the kids have had struggles, um, our oldest daughter, my oldest daughter um, struggled with mental health stuff. And there were just times where I was like, Heavenly Father, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this. And little miracles would happen. And um, like just things where I just don't have any doubt that he's active in my life. Um, oh, I wish I could t like tell you more specific things, but it just seems like that's a really big theme in my life in general. Um, anytime, you know, uh, we're blending a family of adults and um, sometimes it's a little bit tricky, but, but I really feel like we've been blessed our children have been blessed and, and the way that we've been able to come together has been awesome. When we attend the temple regularly, we get huge blessings that way. And not just for the way that kids come together, but also them in their individual lives. Um, some of our kids are active, some of them are not. And, but they're all really amazing human beings. And, um, but it's just neat to see how Heavenly Father works in their lives. And sometimes you have to kind of let go and you let go of the dream that you have for them, but know that Heavenly Father still has a plan. And uh, it's pretty cool. And they're, and they're really good people. Um, it's just neat to see their hearts and see the good things that they do. Um, so we know that they've been taught and, um, and it, it's evident in the way that they live their lives. So, um, so we're hopeful that someday that they'll all 
be able to be sealed with their families and, and have those experiences. But it's really cool to know that Heavenly Father has a plan for them. You know, whether we know what it is or not, or whether it's the way we thought it was going to be, but he has a plan. And, and that um, as they work through that, they're going to find themselves and it's their own individual plan. It's not something that I know or that, you know, anybody knows. So What's that been like, uh, trying to blend adult children in, I mean, 11 of them, that's a lot. How, what's that been like trying to, trying to blend two families of adult kids together? Um, the ones that are, have open hearts are really good. And, and I think most of them have been pretty, um, good about it. Like they, they at least want to be open and, mm -hmm. and whatever. And so, um, so we have some that are really good at, um, like, uh, our oldest daughter, Brett's oldest, but our second oldest, Holly, um, is really, uh, she's kind of the mother figure in nurturing and she's got a really good relationship with all the kids. And my second daughter, Riley, has a really good relationship with most everybody. And so it's like, so as they choose to have those relationships, they can, we just haven't put pressure on them. And then we also give them time to like, we don't get to see Brett's kids as often because they're a little bit further away. Well, it depends. Some of mine, we don't get to see that often either, but um, so we just try and make sure that we take time and if they just want time with their dad, you know, and just them, then we just honor that um, or vice versa or whatever. But they've all been super great with each of us. They all, my kids all love Brett and I think Brett's kids have all been super good and loving me. And That's so. cool. So it seems like, you know, not too many bumps in the road and it's been no. going smoothly. Yeah. 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 Smoothly but, enough, right? Yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. Um, let's go back to growing up. Uh, thinking about that, are there any familial relationships that have had the most impact in your life? Um. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of hard. Sorry. Um, Take your time. Yeah. Um, my mom talked about how my dad um, passed away a few years ago. And um, I don't know why. It's still hard for me. I really miss him. Um, he was a super great listener and, and not, you know, the perfect, he's not a perfect person, but he was my dad and he was, uh, really a good man and a good, um, and my friend. And, um... And I think uh, losing him was, was kind of a landmark um, time for me in my life. I made some other life changes about that time. Um, I just, anyway, just with some life reflection and whatever. And um, so, uh, and I still um, 
feel his presence a lot. Um, so that was a pretty cool relationship. I'm pretty close to my siblings. Um, and I, I had really great grandparents on one side. I actually have great grandparents on both sides, but we were really close to one set of grandparents and a grandmother that I shared a birthday with and a grandfather who just thought I was amazing and who passed away when I was in middle school. But um, yeah, and then I grew up with a lot of cousins and aunts and uncles and we had monthly get togethers and so pretty close with that side of the family. Um, and then, um, yeah, there were just a lot of people who loved me. I never, you know, doubted that I was loved. Um, my mom was, was really a great mom uh, when we were growing up. Uh, she sacrificed a lot for us and I'm super grateful for that. And, um, yeah. I remember teachers, I just remember, I don't know, I was very, very fortunate to have a lot of people who loved me. Was there, um, I mean, is there a specific story you remember that just solidified that relationship with your dad? You just, you knew he loved you. You knew he was there for oh, you. There's so, got to be a good story. So one time, we, I was probably, I don't know, maybe 10 or something, and, and he was a school teacher, so he had summers off, and I remember... There was a threesome of girls on our street, three of us, and so somebody was always left out, right? And I remember the other two girls were doing something, and I was all young and depressed and coming home, all <laughs> whatever. And I was like, I don't even have a friend. And my dad was, I remember, he was washing the car, and he just looked at me and he said, I'll be your friend. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thanks, Dad. And um, yeah, so. Uh, and then a lot of times after I got married, he just listened. I would call him and he was so great. Like if we, when we first got married and we were all poor and needed help, he was so discreet about helping us and not saying anything to anyone or just, you know, super kind. And then um, I know that he had opinions about some things. I'm sure he had opinions <laughs> about some things, but he was very, very just, you know, kind of quiet and listened and, and uh, he was really easy to talk to. So um, I, he loved being camping and being in the outdoors and that I really got that a lot from him. Um, I remember when we used to go camping, he would be, get up in the morning and be in just his shirt sleeves, his short sleeve shirt. We were like all freezing and he's out there in his short sleeve shirt. And we're like, what's going on? But we did a lot of tent camping and um, and that was, those were some really good memories of, um, you know, my mom must have been incredibly brave now that I, after I packed a whole family to take camping, but she was a good sport and put things together and, uh, yeah, so. Were there any particular places you guys just loved to go camping when you were younger? But uh, my dad enough? liked, yeah, he loved to go to the Uintas, but the other thing that is a really cool memory of my dad is he was a, um, he taught geography so as an adult, when I would go someplace, then I would be like, Dad, we went here. If he didn't go with us, a lot of times my parents would go with us. But um, I'd be like, Dad, we went here. And we'd always get out the map, the atlas, and look at the route mm. that we traveled. And, um, and then 
kind of trace back and he'd be like, oh, well, this is by this. And so still to this day, it's funny when Brett and I go someplace, I'm like, this is a dad place. If it's historical, because he taught history as well. So if it's historical or just someplace cool, like we just went to the Lewis and Clark stuff when we were at the coast and, and I was like, this is a dad place. Like he would have loved this. So, um, yeah. So I just love that every single time I see a map, I just can you know, see us sitting down with the map and drawing out the thing. And he'd be like, well, I've been to this part of the country, but not there. And then we'd talk about it. And so it was kind of a cool, cool little thing. So, hmm. yeah. He sounds like a cool guy. Yeah. yeah a lot he of still fun. Is. Yeah, he's around. <laughs> he's around. He, uh, every once in a while, I, uh, I hear him and, and know that he's there. And, uh, and he tells me to be nice to my mom <laughs> and take good care of her. It's very nice of what you're doing. And she said December 15th is when she came uh, came yeah. up here to live with you guys. So. Yeah, yeah. It's just relatively recent, so. Got it. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you speaking with us and sharing some memories and talking about uh, how you grew up and uh, what you do for a living. Uh, our, my last question for you is the same one I give to everybody. is If there was a message that you could send 100 years in the future for your posterity to hear, what would that be? Um, I think to always trust in the Lord, to know that God loves them and loves us, loves all of us, and that he's there, and that um, no matter how hard it is, you can always turn to him. Uh, I hope the one thing that I've taught my kids is that when things get tough, the first thing you do is fall on your knees. And, um, and so that's what I would say is that like, life's not going to get any easier, and as things get hard... Um, as things are hard now that that he's there and and things that you don't think you can get through you can but you can't alone and and as you rely on him that um, that he can that he'll help you through and and that's been my experience I have a really strong testimony of that that um, that that he's aware of us and and that he will help when we ask and sometimes when we don't ask